Way Off Broadway You're now listening to Way Off Broadway Your favorite musical podcast that you listen to on Mondays We're here to make you all laugh I'm here with Christian This man, he's on a mission To make sure I don't know what's happening Here with his drama church facts. He is one cool cat. It's way off Broadway. We're gonna talk to you now. Hey! <laughs> that was so good. Thank you. It's a sad day. It's a sad day. We we lost Jimmy Buffett this morning. And uh, it could be real easy to get bogged down in the sadness. But if we look about the lifestyle and the imprint that he has made with all of his happy music, such as Pencil's Dead Mustache and Margaritaville and Changes in Latitude, Changes in Attitude, and my personal favorite, Boat Drinks. Of course, we all have his restaurants, Margaritaville. We have his apparel line, Margaritaville. There's so much to remember this man by. And I just wanted to shout out Jimmy Buffett. Thanks, James. You made the world a chiller place. Hey, Christian. Hey, Daniel. We are here at Way Off Broadway. Yeah. And what's oh, up? What's up? Nothing much. Uh, it's been it's been two weeks since we last did one of these, and we we did it a little differently last time. Mm-hmm. People seem to react pretty well to that. We did kind of the Way On Broadway format, where we kind of turned it into a true crime. Has it made you just want to be a true crime podcast now? Um. No. It, okay. It it it, it made me realize that the amount of research that the, that goes into those like I felt them, I yes. felt like I needed to hire an intern and yes. pay them an experience. Pay them an experience, yes. <laughs> that would be great. But what is great is that we're back. We're doing things the the old school style way where Daniel doesn't know anything. Daniel doesn't know anything. And that's the way I like it. But before we hop in I had the pleasure of seeing Wicked <gasps> on Thursday. It doesn't matter. I mean, time is relative when you're listening to a podcast. But two days ago, I saw Wicked at Durham Performing Arts Center, and it was fun. Did Did you really just good. say the words for Deepak? Deepak, yes, Durham. Wow. Performing. Yeah, for those who don't know, I don't want to be <laughs> just assuming that everybody knows what Deepak is. <laughs> but yeah, it was great. Uh, the The person that played Alphaba was great. The person that played... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Galinda was great. Um, Bel- it, <laughs> of course, Belzebub, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was really wild, like... It is. It just kind of reminds me of this this concept with this with this podcast is that you really have no idea what's going on unless you see the musical in person. Yeah, because I'm sure there were a thousand details we didn't talk details. about. A thousand details. Yeah, like like all the stuff that we talk about at the end, like it all makes sense in real time when you're doing this, and it's like the, a very well told story. So yeah, uh, Wicked, I love that ending. If you if you were able to see Wicked, this sounds like such. A, <laughs> if you have this commercial is from two thousand and four. If you ever get the chance to see the musical Wicked, I recommend that you do it. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. coming to a town near you. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I am gonna put it out there, and I know that this is a theater thing, and I know that this is a musical thing. We need better snacks at these things. I want to be able to get <laughs> chicken tenders and fries. Uh, the pretzels are fine, 
but I need some nachos. I need some some cheese. I need some grease. I need <laughs> so um. <laughs> I need it when when me and Joel saw Sweeney. Um, there was this kid, and I I don't know if this has always been a thing where people can eat in the theater. Um, but there's this kid next to me just bagging on their bag of lays. Yeah, like the and. The whole first act. Yeah. Like you're having this beautiful music that I will not sing because I will not give you a spoiler. Yes. Um, but like, and Can I just, sing a song from Sweeney Todd for you? Yeah. He's the sweetest Todd that we know. <laughs> he is cutting hair for his bros. Sweeney Todd, Sweeney Todd, Sweeney Todd. Wow. That, Watch out, Josh Groban. That's. I'm coming for you. But I could, can I say that if this kid had not, well, nachos are probably pretty loud, but if he had like French fries and chicken tenders, you probably wouldn't be able to hear him unless he's just a ghoul. Hear us, Broadway? We're coming for you. <laughs> We're changing things. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine just in the middle of like memories and all of a sudden your little like, little like vibrating table thing is like no and you have to get up and go to the door and pick up your your chicken tenders. I, I love I love the idea of like memories. They're like yeah. and you're at your seat and um and Usher comes up with food. Yeah. And, and they're like, order for Deborah. <laughs> Deborah takes her food in, in, in this middle of production is like yeah. oh d- can I get some ranch? Yeah. I really like ranch. <laughs> but we're missing out on an opportunity. And I'm, I'm sure you guys are glad because last week we couldn't really do this because of the topic. So we're just riffing this week. Sorry, we're not even doing a musical. But like, imagine. This is actually lost footage from last week. <laughs> imagine like the naming the dishes after the musical. So it's like, give me a second to. Um, oh, I got you. I got you. Um, They actually do these with alcohol, like yeah. with, with cocktails at, at yeah. these things. But imagine like somebody like coming out and saying, uh. Uh, I've got alphabet soup. <laughs> <laughs> alphabet soup for Gene. <laughs> Is it the green soup? Yeah, I think absolutely, be soup. absolutely. Yeah. This is way off Broadway. What's what's way off Broadway? So this is a podcast where Christian picks a musical each week. I don't. I at this point I know a pretty good amount of musicals. You, you probably know like 27, 28. 28, yeah. But he picks a musical that I've never heard of, and we go through it song by song, and I try to figure out what's going on with the musical. I try to guess which musical it is, and and I just try to see how way off Broadway I am at the end of it. And yeah, it, so so, so he'll tell me the plot at the very end, and then we'll see how way off Broadway he is compared to what is the actual plot. Sometimes he's close, sometimes he's far. If he's um, And I say this all the time, but I always feel like it, it, it needs to be said that like some things are pop culture and like based on existing properties. So sometimes Daniel is like, "Oh, I this is catch me if you can." Yeah. Um. I was, but, I was my first one I got right. I'm still proud. Yeah, of it, so. it, it was really good because I don't know why I was thinking like he's not gonna know. Yeah. He's not gonna know. I know. But the yeah yeah it was it, it was a good time it was a good time and speaking of good times we're gonna have a good time this week um we're but first we need to learn about the show we're gonna listen to um and i can think of no one better to to share that information yeah than dear old pops than joel himself yeah he's he's had a few weeks off and he's on it's summer still and he's trying to oh he's probably started back at school yes yeah but this is we're gonna go back like two weeks. He's okay. in a rocking chair on the front porch of a cabin. 
He's reading an old book. He's saying, man, they don't make them like they used to. And he's just being old, old Joel. <laughs> <laughs> like beard overgrown. Yeah. yeah. Like hair down. Not age-wise <laughs> old, but just kind of like old and Joel. Like he's and, still very young in his forties. And then what's what's that? Is that a phone call inside? Yeah. Well, he has to answer the phone, and all of a sudden the beard gets shorter. Yeah. The hair reverse Santa Claus. Yes, he becomes Tim Allen. Yes, <laughs> and he answers that phone, and, <laughs> and he says, "Boys, do I have a story to tell you?" And here's that story right now. Thanks, Joel. Who is our dramaturg? His name is Joel Rainey. We're ready to hear him do explaining. He is so smart and we're grateful to have him. Listen to this if you want to learn facts. Yeah, he's our local dramaturg. And we're so happy that we have him on the podcast recording. Okay, here we are again. Uh, if indeed you're listening to this on the day it is dropped, happy Labor Day, everybody. Uh, Christian has picked the Drowsy Chaperone. Very, very exciting. Fun show. Um, this is actually our first import from Canada. Uh, music and lyrics by Lisa Lambert and Greg Morrison. A book by Bob Martin and Don McKellar. Um, the story concerns someone not that different from me. Uh, a middle-aged uh, musical theater fan who's feeling, feeling blue on a specific day and decides to listen to one of his old records, okay? And that record is a fictional 1928 show called The Drowsy Chaperone. And as it plays, we get to see and experience um, the show right before our eyes. And... Um, the man in chair, as he becomes known as, uh, sort of helps us through the whole process. Now, this whole thing started, it's kind of neat, started back in 1997 when a bunch of friends decided to create a spoof of old musicals while they were at a stag party for, at, for Bob Martin. All right? So, in its first incarnation, there was not a man in chair. The musical styles ranged all the way from the 20s to the 40s, and the jokes were a lot more risque. Eventually, it was reshaped a little bit when it was done at the Toronto Fringe Festival, and then eventually was taken all the way to Broadway, all right? Um, it got lots of uh, great notices while in Canada, and so eventually it was done at the Thousand Seat Theatre, Winter Garden Theatre in Toronto, and then eventually came to the Marquee in 2006, and was directed and choreographed by Casey Nicola, who we always know what he does ends up being pretty good. Uh, the original cast featured Bob Martin as the man in chair, uh, Sutton Foster as Janet. It was a great, fun surprise to see her on the Tonys. Um, also, it, it included Georgia Engel as Mrs. Tottendale. Now, those of us who watch uh, TV from way back might remember Georgia Engel from... Um, from Mary Tyler Moore's show, and she was later on Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, also starred Beth Level, who we know from The Prom, um, a native North Carolinian. She won the Tony for this one. Uh, it got mixed reviews, and part of the reason for that is because it is a show that is much about musical theater. So if you know, don't know all the jokes, you might not get them. Uh, very, very much like um, The Prom, which was also Casey Nicola and also Bob Martin. Um, Bev Brantley said it seemed poised to become the sleeper of the Broadway season, though it's not any kind of masterpiece. And also said that the songs, while
while surf- serviceably imitative of the 20s are forgettable. Hmm, not so good. But Variety came back with it being the secret behind the success of Casey Nicklaw's exquisitely honed hymn to the forgotten musicals of yesteryear is that its authors knew exactly what they were doing when they took the broad out of Broadway. Um, it did well at the Tonys. It got 13, count them, 13 Tony nominations, all right, including Best Musical. And it won five, including Best Original Score, Best Book, and Best Featured Actress in a Musical for Beth Level. Um, it ran for 674 performances. It had 32 previews, okay? Y'all are going to like this. Um, now, this week's gem is a is kind of a simple one, but but one that probably not all of our listeners know about, and that is the Playbill. Now, originally, the Playbill was very simply was the program that you would get as you entered the Broadway theater, and you could open it up and see who's in the show and see if um, there might be a understudy or two in there. We have a thing in our house. We call it the rainy rule that no matter what show you get to see professionally there's going to be an understudy there and guess what very often they're better than the original but anyway back to um playbill all right what began as programs for for these broadway productions eventually turned into sort of a magazine and the what was in there would change from month to month and it would be filled with what shows were running uh restaurant recommendations in new york city uh interviews and so on and we always want to, sort of want to hold on to these playbills, and sometimes we wait at the stage door and get them signed and all that, and it's all, that's all very exciting. But guess what? Eventually, it became a website known as playbill.com. So if you are planning a trip to London, here's what you do. You go to playbill.com, uh, go under shows, you click on that, and the up will come the listing of all those shows. And in addition to that, right next to it, there'll be a little little tab for StubHub or some for the box office. So you can see what, you know, what they're going for. There's all, you can also see what's playing in New York, in regional theaters, what's, what's touring, etc. It also includes merchandise, t-shirts, posters, all that kind of thing that you can, you can buy that way. Um, interviews, There'll be short videos, uh, things at openings, and, and stuff like that. So it's a great reference, great place to start. Um, you can actually get on a, a list where they'll send you a, a little notice every time something new happens in the world of theater, and you can find out that way. So, playbill.com, check it out, and um, check out Drowsy Chaperone. Okay, have a great week, y'all. Thanks, Joel. That was, that was really great. Good. That was really good it's important that everyone knows that there is a 15 second clip clipped out of that from high uh, not for, from a school announcements and oh, really? how important are school announcements school notes are important yep um how important are your podcast editors i they're so important yep they're, they're the hardest working people in the business they are yeah i, I went and said it i'm yeah. sorry talent i both so I'm a, it's I'm Daniel. a dual threat. I edit this podcast so you guys don't hear all the dumb stuff we say. Yeah, because <laughs> nothing you hear is dumb. Yeah, none of this stuff is... If if you're listening to it, it means that they made the decision to keep it in. Just know that. <laughs> <laughs> Just know the the very sound you're hearing was a conscious thought. Um, so, Joel told us a lot. Yeah. He we learned a me, lot. He no, just if you're new listening, I don't hear that. Yeah. We added it in post. 
Um, so you guys hear it, but I don't. Which is like the greatest trick ever told. Yeah. You know what I think the greatest trick is? Hmm. Is when you get a big bag of chips and it's only, it's half of its air. <sighs> you got tricked by the by Frito-Lay. But let's, let's stop talking about chips. Let's talk about musicals. Are you ready? Yeah, let's hear the first. Is there any preface on this or are we just diving in? Um, is this something that I will know? No. Okay. Good. But you sh- I I would Yeah, I would genuinely like be surprised. Become a Yes, become a monkey's uncle. What does that mean? I don't know. Like It's weird cuz if you're a monkey's uncle, you're also a monkey. So saying that you're a monkey's uncle just is like Did you know um in the in in the movie Lion King, Scar talks about being a monkey's uncle twice. Really? Yeah, at the beginning and at the end. Does he have like a something we don't know about, like with one of the? <laughs> <laughs> it's the circle. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna yuck anybody's yum here, especially not Scar's. Um, but yeah, let's dive right into the first song. The sequel to Music Man, Music 67 Man. trombones. 67, same 69 trombones, Christian. Very good. Nice. Very good. Don't you rob me of that. Nice. Uh, but yeah. You're sitting there like. What are your thoughts? They're sitting there like, you mean the 69 joke doesn't get cut out? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds fun. I love good ho- I love horns. I'm a horn boy. I'm a, I'm a horn boy. I'll just put it that way. Okay, that's, that's I'm a brass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so um, what do you think? Just based off uh, overture, and you're sure there's a lot you can't tell with an overture, but like sounds like we're going back to the golden age. Okay, it kind of makes that's me feel like you're a traitor. Interesting, because you're like I hate the golden age, and then this is like the third one of the season. If this is the golden age, you're. For those watching at home that might be fam- familiar with this, you, you're smiling to yourself right yeah. now. Are we do is this Shrek? Are we do a Shrek the musical. Okay, are you ready? Are you ready for the real first song? Yeah, I'm ready for the real first song. Hello, how are we today? I'm pretty good. Thanks. A little quiet. Uh, no. I'm feeling a little blue myself. I'm okay, actually. You know, a little anxious for no particular reason. Yeah, I've been there. A little sad that I should feel anxious at this age. Yeah. You know, a little self-conscious anxiety resulting in non-specific sadness. Oh, yeah. A state that I call blue. Anyway, whenever I'm feeling this way, blue, I like to listen to my music. 
So, I was going through my box of records this morning. Yes, records. This La La Land? And what did I find but one of my favorite shows, Gable and Stein's The Drowsy Chaperone. Remember? Music by Julie Gable, lyrics by Sidney Stein. Yes. Let me read to you what it says on the back of the album. It says, mix-ups, mayhem, and a gay wedding. Oh, I love that. Well, of course, the phrase gay wedding has a different meaning now, but but back then it just meant fun. And that's just what this show is. Fun. Now, let's visualize. Imagine if you will, it's November 1928. You've just arrived at the doors of the Morosco Theater in New York. It's very cold, and a heavy gray sleet is falling from the sky, but you don't care, because you're going to see a Broadway show. Ooh. Listen. So this cat, I can, I can identify with. He's anxious. He likes Broadway. I'm I think he's an audience stand-in. Yeah. He, sounds, he sounds speaks like, for us. Sounds like a, li- a real Lexapro at this kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and I feel like we can all agree with that. Um, I hope he's doing well, Butrin. Uh, I know I am. Um, but yeah, this seems like fun. It's an interesting take. It seems like maybe we're going to be listening to like an old, like we're going like, I think they, I don't know what they call them, but they're like the episodes of TV where they like just show clips because for some reason they didn't want to write a full episode. So we're kind of getting a clip show of an old musical through the lens of this guy. Okay. That's kind of fun, right? Yeah. It's kind of fun. I don't, they said the name of the musical, something blue. With they gave a lot of details that went out of my head. Yeah, I was thinking like, wow, this is really, really giving it away. Yeah, but I didn't listen to those very intently for some reason. I think sometimes you don't want to succeed. I do, but sometimes I'm just so in the moment and I'm so enjoying things that I don't even think to be like, oh, this is important information. I'm just like, ooh, ah, ooh, look at that. This is fun. Do you know what else is gonna be fun? This next song. Woohoo! My dress, my dress, my fancy dress. I don't know why I'm wearing it, I must confess. My dress, my dress, I love my dress. Would someone tell me why I put it on? Yes, yes, your dress, your fancy dress. It was such a pleasure airing it, restitching and repairing it. God bless your dress, it's one fine dress. And I will tell you why you put it on. Wedding bells will ring, wedding bells will chime Madam, you're the hostess and it's happy wedding time Wedding bells will ding, wedding bells will dong Wedding bells will ding-a-ling and we will ding-along Your dress, your dress, your fancy dress We're very, very glad you put it on Wedding guests have come, wedding guests are here Wedding guests are... So we're at a wedding. Yeah. And I'm sure you feel the same way about this, but if you don't have alcohol at your wedding, why are you getting married? Why are you expecting people? Of course, they want to... It's sh- one thing to get married, sure. We'll yeah. allow that. We'll allow it. Everybody's allowed to get married. We we support equal marriage for everyone, but <laughs> what we don't support is dry weddings. Yeah, absolutely not. But I, I get there are reasons sacrilege. for Sacrilege. Some people don't drink, but don't invite me to those weddings. Or don't invite me with the anticipation that I'm gonna be there. Yeah. I mean, just it doesn't even. I'm not saying. I'm not saying complete open bar. No, 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 no. We could do it with okay. wine and beer. Wine and beer. That's, That's okay. Fine. That's okay. That can get the job done. 
And, but if you do invite me, and like this lady, the chaperone, if if you're mad that I bring my own, then you should know. Like, if you're not going to provide it, it will be provided. You know? Where there is a will, there is a way. Yeah. And we are willfully wanting to always get drunk at weddings because yeah. that's 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 america guys yeah it's like it's like the perfect place to be drunk yes yeah because you're you're, you're never more re- it's forcing you into a state of reflection yeah and if you're reflecting you should have a drink in your hand yeah of course i always say that and in this wedding happened during prohibition yes so there is no alcohol but the the chaperone has probably a different meaning than what we think of, like field trip, like your mom or your dad taking you to the zoo um, with your class. But so the only names that I got are Robert and Janet. I focused. I was like, these are the two I have to remember. So I had two thoughts as this was going. Yes. It reminded me of Clue. Clue, yes. And the word math problems is like, Janet has three eggs. <laughs> Robert's late to the store. I hate those. <laughs> those are a bad thing for me. How and many quails does Deborah have? <laughs> like, just like, it very much felt like that because it's like, I'm here and I have a job. I'm here and this is my role. Like, yeah, um, So it very much brought me into that headspace of like with Clue when they give you yeah, pieces. And it's yeah, like, yeah. You, if you can put it in order, you can really figure it out. Yeah, so I, I, I knew that that wasn't my strong suit. So I was like, I know that there's like a groomsman, there's the chaperone, there's the head lady who seems like she was woken up out of a dead sleep. I kind of feel like this is like a night at the museum kind of feel to it where he's like dusting off all these old characters. Oh, yeah. Throwing them back into the story. That's cool. That's a cool idea. Or at least that was my thought when I heard like the first lady, which all of you heard. My dress. My, my dress. dress. Yeah, she seemed a little old and out of it. Dress. Yeah. But yeah, um, Robert and Janet are getting married um, in 1928. They mm-hmm. got one more year before stuff really hits the fan. Um, <laughs> thoroughly modelly, thoroughly modern Millie's just out there doing her thing at the same time. Did did you did you get who who was playing Janet? No. Thoroughly modern Millie. Really, Son oh. Foster. No, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Isn't that fun? That is fun. She only plays roles from the twenties. <laughs> That's her thing. Not from Where the twenties. Where is my ca- my character? Wasn't a flapper girl? Then get the hell out of my office. <laughs> Nineteen thirty? Absolutely not. No, the dirty thirties. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this seems like it's going to be fun. It sounded like a fun wedding, even though there wasn't alcohol. Um, and if you don't have alcohol at your wedding, that's fine. We get it. There, there are people that have different. Beliefs, they don't necessarily all agree about. Um, oh, that's fine. It's uh, fine. Invite it's us to your just, weddings. Yes, invite us to our wedding. But but if there's a water bottle that looks a little bit less like water, yeah. just look the other way. Yep. Thank you so much. Yeah. If I'm carrying around a box of wine, look the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I, different. I it's that. not wine in that box, even though it looks like there is. Okay, so. Where do you think this is going to go? Just I bold, bold, bold predictions. I think that Robert is going to fall in love with the um, drowsy chaperone. Oh, um, okay. Do do you remember hearing about the producers in the song? Yeah, the producer. No. no. Okay, that's okay. It's okay. It is. Yeah, it's going to have to be. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and jump into the next song. Yeah. 
Let's please do. The Groom was played by the dashing Percy Hyman. Before he was an actor, he was an all right toothpaste man. Timmy was an average kid that no one understands. Mom and dad and Vicky always giving him commands. Bed twerp. You gotta say bed. Mom and dad and Vicky's always giving him commands. Bed twerp. Is it bed twerp? Was it bed twerp this whole time? Bed twerp. Huh. They're up there within his room. Buys magic little fish and grant his every wish. Cause in reality, they are his odd parents. Fairly odd parents. To make you wish that you were a kid with fairly odd parents. That's what this reminded me of. Oh, that's so funny. Can we start it from the start so that everybody could now hear my vision? Yes. You didn't know it was bed twerp? No, I didn't know it was bed twerp. Oh, I know. What did you think it was? Bad twerp. Nice. She was like telling him to go to bed. I think. Actually, I don't know. Lyrics too. <laughs> Fairly odd parents. It's title be- sequence. It's bed twerp. Bed twerp. Yeah. Wow. The doom and gloom up in his room is broken instantly by his magic little fish who grant his every wish, because in reality they are his odd parents. Fairly odd parents. Yep. Awesome. Obtuse rubber goose green moose guava juice giant snake birthday cake large fries chocolate, chocolate shake. shake. So let's hear this next song. The groom was played by the dashing Percy Hyman. Before he was an actor, he was the Albright toothpaste man. Albright was hugely popular in the early 20s because it contained cocaine. Oh yes, it's true. If you looked at the label, it was the fifth ingredient down, right after sugar. So that's that song. That's that song. This reminds me of like Martin Short. Yeah, I think this is very much is a type. Yeah, kind of reminds me of his character from uh, Only Murders in the Building, which season three is out. It's good. I think there are like six episodes out now. So, but yeah, yeah. um, So he's talking about like basically it seems like he's giving like a like a Joel. Like this is Joel's dramaturge corner of the musical. (laughs) Kind of, kind of. Where he tells us what the musical is about. He tells us who is playing what. And he tells us, like, like you may know him from the cocaine toothpaste. That, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's kind of what's happening here. I uh, think my favorite part of that. So it was like, so the cocaine look. It was the third in- ingredient. Uh-huh. R- but my favorite part is right next to sugar. Yeah, sugar. Of course. How else? <laughs> that was before people spat the toothpaste out. They just swallowed it. So, so do you want to hear from this Percy fella? Yeah. Did you were you ever told that if you swallowed gum it would be there forever? I was told seven years. Seven years. Okay. I don't know how true that is. But continue. Let us know if you're an expert on gum, how long it actually lasts. Hey there, Mr. Mirror Man. Shaking and quaking. Trembling like them afraid he cats do. Something baby bothering you. Cold feet, cold feet. Brother, you got cold feet. You can make them cold feet hot with a little rhythm. Young feet, old feet can be uncontrolled feet. Rhythm make them cold feet trot down the aisle. Frosty arches, they can learn to swing. I 
greasy toes can jive Wedding marches, blade in ragtime swing Make frigid souls come alive I'm a sucker for adding an S to the end of words that don't need it <laughs> <laughs> So this song is about cold feats and that's just playful. Which is a important distinction from cold feet. Cold no, feet. no, 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 no. There's an S. So cold feet encompasses both feet. Just yes. so we're all clear. If you didn't know, now you know. Feet is plural. Uh, foot is singular. But when you add an S onto it, it's so playful. It's so fun. Um, it's almost like the cat thing, which I'm not a big fan of cats, but um, the musical or the animal. <laughs> <laughs> but if I fits, I sits. That's so yes. fun. That is so fun. Adding an S onto things that don't necessarily need an S, I am all for it. And that's what they did on this song. They were basically talking to, if you have cold feet. Can I can I stop you for a moment? Yeah. So you mentioned cats. I saw something crazy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is a, a story about, and Andrew Lloyd Webber talked about the movie of cats uh -huh. and how much he hated it. He said, cat was off the scale all wrong. There wasn't really uh, understanding of why the music ticked at all i saw it and just thought oh god no it was the first time in my 70 year, years on the planet that i went out and bought a dog <laughs> so the one good thing to come out of this is my little havanese puppy that puppy was a constant companion for weber during the lockdown um and he said i i wrote off and said i needed him with me at all time because i am emotionally damaged i must have my therapy dog <laughs> now you gotta wonder did cats do that to him guys i think cats did that to him because it sounds like it, it, it like all this time later he was just like yeah i really messed up yeah this uh, was better in the 70s somebody sent us some since we're talking about cats and this rarely <laughs> happens on this podcast somebody sent us somebody give him a shout out nell white they sent a um we're just going to be reading for a second. The story of cats uh, is that in the 1930s, the famous poet T.S. Eliot wrote a book of cutesy little cat-themed poem for his godchildren. And then 40 years later, Andrew Lloyd Webber found a lost cat poem that T.S. Eliot had cut from his book for being too sad for children. And ALW was like, whoa, a cat. That's sad. That's deep, man. I want to make a musical out of this. So the producer assigned to the project was like, okay, I guess you could maybe read these cat poems as a satire of 1930s British society. We could probably do something sort of interesting with that. I'm thinking uh, a cast of about five and ALW was like, no, forget the satire. I also want a cast of a dozen and the most advanced special effects technology ever seen on stage. I've taken out a second mortgage on my house to fund this. And the producer was like, why do you, what do you even have a plot? So AL. W got a bunch of actors. This is going off the rails. <laughs> okay, so ALW got a bunch of actors and writers and artists together, and they hold up, did cocaine, workshop for five weeks, and at the end of it, they emerged and said, this plot is a bunch of cats are having a dance contest for the right to take a UFO to cat heaven, and then it made $2 billion. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So thank you. Um, did did they write this, or did they, no, they just send shared you it. a thing? They just shared it. That's amazing. Yes. But yeah, so this is our little uh, cat's corners. <laughs> cold feet. Cold <laughs> feet. Yeah, so um, we're back to this. And so they're talking to the groom. And then there was another guy who said he had a more important job. And I'm thinking like in the wedding, important jobs. Like he the said, the wind of the wind on my shoulders. Yes. So maybe he's the pastor that's marrying them, the reverend, the officiant, as some might say. 
or maybe he's like the band leader. But basically, the cure for cold feats is rhythm and blues and just dancing. Most importantly, it's taps dancings. Those are the rules. Yes, those are the rules. If you got the blues, if you're getting cold feats, you need tap, taps dancings. And that was this song. <laughs> how about of, this next song? Okay, how about it? How about it? The Bride was played by Jane Roberts. I know her. She was the oops girl, remember? Oops. She was billed oops. as the girl whose sexual energy was so present. great that it caused the men around her to have accidents, spill their drinks and drive their cars into trees. And she would go, oops. <laughs> well, I'm really not doing it justice, but people ate it up. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? So this girl is so beautiful that guys would be doing common tasks. I imagine like somebody's like mowing the grass and they see her and they let it go. And next thing you know, their foot's gone. And she's just like, yeah, I, I, had, I had a thought of someone like walk, walking off a scaffold. Yeah. And then just walking in midair for about two or three feet yeah. and then going left, right. Oh no. Fall. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then she just looks at him and she goes, did I do that? <laughs> oh my God. Oops. Oops. It's cool that all these um, characters came from something before before this character. Yeah, this isn't their first This role. is really a show within a show within a show. Yeah, it's Inception the Musical. Wow. Is this Inception the Musical? Is this Inception the Musical? That's the... Joel. <laughs> and God, I wish that could be the t-shirt. Yeah, Inception the Musical. <laughs> is this Inception the Musical? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be, yeah. Um. Okay. So. Uh, just a quick break. Uh, we have shirts. We have shirts. Buy them, please. If you'd like. You don't have to. But I mean, it'd be cool. If you find it cool. Then. It'd sure be cool if you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Next song. Please. Kill me. I don't want to show off no more. Me too. That's why I'm saying that all the time. I don't want to sing tunes no more. I never say that. I don't want to write. It's really... A show within a show within a show within a show. Yeah. There's a four technical shows going on. Yeah. Which is a crazy number. Speaking of crazy numbers. Okay. <laughs> no more. I don't want to show off. I don't want to wear this no more. Play the saucy Swiss Miss no more. Below my signature. No more. I don't want to show off. Don't try to control me. I've made up my mind. And that's it. I quit. I'm leaving it all behind. I don't want to be cute no more. Make the gentleman hoot no more. So I think this is the lady from the last song. Okay. The the lady that oops did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's just oh, God sorry. bless you. I'm sorry. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Little allergies. Yeah. A little bit. Are you allergic to musicals? Shut <laughs> up. Um, and that's how you keep from editing a sneeze out of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the power of a save cannot be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she's just kind of over it. And I don't blame her. Like, so the stereotypical, like, oops, did I do that? But 
she is tired of being like the it girl, the girl that like everybody is like ooh and on about, and she's just over it. And she's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I think this is either the bride or this is her drowsy concierge. Or Ooh. what are they called? Um, chaperone? Chaperone, yes. Chaperone. Chaperones. All right. Are you ready for the next song? Yeah. If And if by format this might be, we learn about a new person. Okay, sure. Beatrice Stockwell was famous for her rousing anthems. She entertained and inspired troops in every major world conflict, up to and including the Falklands War. Of course, by that time she was Falklands in her late War, 80s and her anthems didn't so much rouse as stupefy. Still, she demanded a rousing anthem in every show she ever did, even if it wasn't appropriate. Who do you think this lady is about? So this, like, in real life? Like, well, is she inspired by somebody? No. Like um, a Marilyn Monroe type? Maybe. It was more so like, what do you think this? Do, do you have any thoughts on this character? But before we hear is it a song? new character? Is it not yeah. the lady we just heard from? It's a new character. So it's a different name. So this is like the lady from the beginning, where she was like used to be this it girl, and now she's the old lady that's kind of like putting people to sleep. Okay, cool, sure. As we stumble along on life's funny journey, as we stumble along. To the blue We look here And we look there Seeking answers Anywhere Never sure of where To turn or what To do Still we bumble Our way Through life's crazy Labyrinth Barely know I think this might be a new character. I, <laughs> I do want to go back because I was thinking during the song for the the Cold Feet song. Mm-hmm. I think the other guy is the guy that in like the first song said he was going to interrupt the wedding. Oh. So I think that's why he thinks he has the most important part because he's going to like like. Wow. So that was just something. I was, okay. That's just something Look I was thinking you. about. Uh, I don't know who this lady is in relation to the story, but but she's a badass. She's a badass. She's kind of like. The old school, like, I don't know who this would be in theater because I'm not that theaterified yet, but just kind of like the... She has real, um, who who's the lead in, in Terminator? Was that Sarah Connor. Name? Yeah, real Sarah Connor vibes here. Yeah, kind of like in the acting, and I know that Meryl Streep has, in theater, has a little bit of a, like a... She's very talented. Yes, but in acting, she is like that bitch. Mm-hmm. So I think this is like the Meryl Streep of theater, even though Meryl Streep has done theater. Meryl Streep also in the new season of Only Murders in the Building. Ooh, that's the second plug. You're really digging it. It's good. It's good. If you guys like theater, I recommend it. It's got a, like a nice little overtone. Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, Martin Short. They've got a little bit of Nathan Lane in season one. Paul Rudd's in the new season as well. Yeah. Cool. Um, Tina Fey. So the cool thing about this song is it really is like this, like deep something yeah. about like, hey, life isn't always going to go your way. You're, you're, you're going to stumble your way through the whole thing, yeah. but you got to keep going. 
Or did you hear that bluebird sing? That's what I say a lot. I'm like, that bluebird is still singing, and I'm good. I would love in a like a fighting argument, like (laughs) just like this is so bad, da 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 da, da." and and you stop them. You you put one finger up. It's like as long as. There's one bluebird. One bluebird. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Yeah. That's the difference. Um, and I think you're going to tell the difference in this next one. Oh, perfect segue. <laughs> Way too much effort went into that. The story of my life. Aldolfo was played by former silent film star and world-class alcoholic <laughs> Roman Bartelli. He was the one who later drank himself to death at his chateau in Nice. Remember? It was five days before they found the body, and by that time it had been partially consumed by his poodles. Remember? I remember. Try not to think of the poodles when you're listening to this. Interesting. So, I feel like some of these characters might be based on, like, real life. I feel like they do. You can kind of think about, like, John Belushi. He wasn't a silent film star, but he, the Chateau Marmont, he passed away there. And it's kind of a huge loss. A big comedic actor. Animal House. Blues Brothers, one of my favorites. Uh, if you like musicals, I don't know if you like Blues Brothers, but it's good. There's music in there. <laughs> yeah. That is, this song is very short. Oh, yeah. Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. our explanation should not be longer than the song. So let's hear his song. You clearly have never had to write an essay about works and, and by poems and such oh, i have but like <laughs> but we're not doing that here we're we're making a podcast that people like we hope they like and i hope you like yeah. this song please thanks silent movie star <laughs> i'm sure that you have heard the name aldalfo a ladies man who wins acclaim aldalfo well, lovely miss, I am the same Aldalfo. I introduce myself. I am Aldalfo. Nice to meet you. Shall we? Not so fast. So just in case you didn't hear Aldalfo, I'll try to make it very clear Aldalfo. The lovely ladies always cheer Aldalfo. When I repeat myself, I am Aldalfo. Understood. I can sing it high, Aldalfo. I can sing it low. So this guy's name is Aldalfo. <laughs> is that your takeaway? No, like he's. you he said he's a silent film star. Not a lot of substance there. Uh, not a lot to know about him except for his name is Aldalfo. Very fun song. But I'm getting like behind the music vibes. I don't know if you remember behind the music. It's like a VH1 kind of documentary thing where they kind of like go behind the making of like an album or something. So, cause we, we know that there's like stuff, like a storyline for this musical, but we're mostly focusing on the people that played it. So I think that might be what's going on here. Okay. Um, would you hang out with Aldalfo? No. No? Why? Cause he just, he doesn't, he's a, he's a balloon. He's an airhead. Ooh. He just knows his name and that's it. And he's just very cocky. Who was the second person singing in this I think song? it was the last person that we met, the lady. Okay. And who do you think she is in relation to the that big plot that we heard in the beginning? I think maybe she he's the best man and that she's the, I don't know. I think that their characters spend time together. That's why they're talking. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. 
There was a time I could stop on a dime Forbearance was one of my talents But since you've been around I can't hold my ground I'm consistently losing my balance I'm an accident waiting to happen I'm a mishap about to ensue I'm the toy on the stair The three-legged chair The hymn that's been caught by a shoe When my two lovesick arms started flapping There was nothing my ankles could do I'm an accident waiting to happen So how be I happen to you? When men say I'm sweet and they fall at my feet My heart doesn't beat any faster But when you lose control It touches my soul So we've got uh, a clumsy dude but we've got a girl that's really into that. And I I'm a little lost. I don't okay. know who we just, <laughs> I don't know who these people are. Okay. But they're here and they're they're talking and I feel like everybody we've heard from is different than when we heard them in the first song, so I'm just kind of a lost. But this is a couple or a potential couple or people that have caught each other's eye and he's a clumsy little fella just like myself. And she loves that about him. She, he's an accident waiting to happen. But, you know, accidentally in love, hashtag Shrek, hashtag um, welcome to the jungle, you know? <laughs> Any thoughts cool. on that? Um, no, I mean, that's it was a nice song. Um, voices were great. Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, I feel like you're on a track. Yeah. Are you ready for this next song? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Lucky number 13. 13, that's my favorite number. The Gangsters were played by vaudeville duo The Tall Brothers, John and Peter Tall. They were an early example of the typical Broadway gangster, full of wordplay and stylized movements. Not very intimidating, unless you find dancers intimidating, which I, I do, do, but for reasons that would not be appropriate to this situation. I think we had the the. Narrator, I, I feel like y'all are the same person. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> we both have anxiety and we have a similar sense of humor. Uh, but yeah, the gangsters. What are they coming like? Did the did they use the mob to finance this wedding and then they never paid up and so the the mobsters the gangsters interrupt the wedding to get their money. I love the idea that so they're the tall brothers. Yeah. And it's not because they're tall. But it's because their last name is Tall. Yeah, yeah. Which is like just Nick. It's fun. It's a step above. Wordplay. Yep. Let's hear what the Tall brothers have to say. Chop the nuts, <laughs> pound the dough, bake it up nice and slow. Then you got a Toledo. Toledo surprise. Now sell it. Hit the peach, peel the skin, mush it up, throw it in. That's a tasty Toledo. Toledo surprise First you beat it up Then you sweet it up When you heat it up If it tries to rise Don't let it It's a snap Try it folks Whip your whites Split your yolks Then you got a Splendido 
complete a surprise. You boys are naturals. Keep it up. A five, six, seven, eight. It's the bouncing. Ooh, what's going on here? Eddie, I'm developing a new act. Toledo surprise. You're putting gangsters in the show and you won't put me in it? They're not even in the union. She got it all wrong. The new act, it's for you, Kitty. And these boys are your backup dancers. Backup dancers? Holy cats! For those who didn't hear the full song, I have some bad news. The wedding's off. <gasps> the wedding is off. And this song is about baking, but also about cheating. Um, so Adolfo is, is hitting it off separately with the concierge, the chaperone, the sassy one. Or sassy or drowsy? Drowsy. And so that's happening. And then uh, Robert kissed a French girl who is exactly like Janet, but French. And that's why the wedding is off. So, But there's also mobsters, and they're singing about this like pretty tasty-sounding dessert, which also kind of sounds like something you would do to somebody that like you want to get information from. You're like, you got to beat it. like. So, yeah. Awesome. You're you're doing great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're far too kind. Um, do you think they can resolve this? Uh, let's hope. Oh, okay. we hate to we hate to leave things on a sad note. All right, let's uh, let's hear the Act One finale. Act One finale. <laughs> Why are we dancing? Our dreams are in tatters. Yes, yes, but the tune is so infectious. Oh, Robert. Oh. This is the saddest day of my life. So, no idea what's going on. <laughs> okay, um, I think now would be a good time for you to tell me to the best of your ability what has happened so far. So, I'm going to do, like, the, the story. So, we have a wedding going on between Robert and Janet, and it's a long time coming. Robert's got a little bit of, of feet, of cold feet, but he dances it off. Yeah, I don't think, we probably have, but I don't think we've really heard from Janet. And uh, but the wedding gets taken off because of infidelity on Robert's part with a French girl who looks like Janet but is French. There's other characters like Adolfo and the concierge, the the uh, chaperone, who is like the maid of honor. But like, and we also like we're learning about who plays these people, and it's kind of confusing as to what is supposed to be the story. But we're learning a lot about the people. We're learning a lot about the the plot and uh there's this lady who is clueless the lady we heard from at the beginning she just kind of yes. doesn't know what's going on and then there's a narrator who's walking us through the details of these people's lives so we're we're hearing things from the actors we're hearing things in character and it's all quite confusing what do you think is the name of this musical uh hodgepodge the musical hodgepodge, okay. hodgepodge. very cool all right, so this next song is my favorite song. It's okay. For a long time, this was the only song I knew from this show. Okay. And it's it's just fun. I like it a lot. I think you'll like it, too. Hard Rock Act like Lance two a lot. of The Drowsy Chaperone begins with this. A haunting lament from a very depressed bride 
Now, when you're listening to this, um, try to ignore the lyrics. I know it'll be difficult, but block them out. They're not the best. But the tune is beautiful, and it truly communicates the bride's state of mind. Just ignore the lyrics. <laughs> I put a monkey on a pedestal And tried to make that monkey stay And he did for a time But he needed to climb And with other monkeys play Far away He left his jacket on that pedestal Beside his tiny rusty cup And I haven't got the strength to pick them up For you Come my little monkey Come my little monkey Do The melody is so simple It just floats in the air And I must confess I always get a little bit misty When I think of that tiny jacket Lying on the pedestal It's long sleeves dang so this is Janet Vandergrift, and the wedding's off. Yeah, she's over it, and we find out that she's more attached to the monkey, the pedestal, than she is the monkey. She liked having somebody to look up to, having somebody to kind of, you know what I mean? Are you saying that she was the monkey on the pedestal? No, Robert was the monkey on the pedestal, but he left his little jacket and his rusty tin cup behind. Oh, yeah, I've never heard it that way. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't think, I think she was talking about like her monkey ran away. Oh. Did you think that it was different? I thought she had a physical monkey because no. she's a famous person. No, no. Robert was her monkey on the pedestal. Um, I love how involved the narrator is in this Yeah, song. the narrator, also um, known as Daniel. And, and like the piece of this where it's like a show within a show within a show within a show um, is that the narrator then like... Becomes part of the show. Yeah, he's part of the show. Because he ends up doing like, do you need the level one man? And then she's like, no. She's, da, 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 da. she's an independent woman that don't need no man. None needed. Um, no man needed. I ready for this next song. We yeah. are wrapping up. Rap. Oh, is there a rap number in this? Love makes lovers worry, love makes lovers fret But here's a fact on which we can depend Just like long ago when Romeo loved Juliet Love is always lovely in the end Romeo and Juliet was a tragedy, madam Oh, I never read reviews Love can start a quarrel, love can cause a din But love has always been a trusty friend Twas a happy fate for Hank the Eight and Anne Boleyn Love is always lovely in the end I must point out, madam, that Anne Boleyn lost her head Yes, she was in love Love was good to Eve and Adam Here we go again And Samson and Delilah too 
question matter? Why, yes, of course. Why does nothing I say to you ever get through? Don't mind if I do. Lovely in the end. Love sneaks up behind you. Love drops from above. Above. But love would never consciously offend. Love has certainly been kind to me and my true love. Love is always lovely in the end. But your late husband was a brute. I don't mean him, you silly coot. Oh. Oh, madam. Love is always lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Love is always lovely in the end. Love is always lovely in the end. So love is always lovely in the end. This is the lady we first heard from, and she's talking yes. to the narrator, right? Maybe. No. So the narrator and this lady are talking. Apparently, she had a bad ex-husband, but she's found new love. Yeah, she she alluded to that because she's talking about that love is always lovely in the end. Yeah, and, and true. And then the the other character is is saying, "But your husband was a brute," and she's like, "But I don't mean him." Yeah, she's uh, which means else. she 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 might have had a little side piece. Side piece. Yep. A little side dish. Side dish, a little bit of mac and cheese on the What's side. your favorite side dish? Is it the mac uh, and cheese? Mac and cheese is a good one, yeah. I mean, I feel like with mac and cheese, you always need an accompaniment. Like, if you're getting mac and cheese, maybe a little fry or maybe some mashed potatoes on the side. Ooh, that's good. So if I'm only given one, it might be something like with a little bit more starch. Okay. Than carbs, but I'm I do love a good, a, a good mac and cheese. A yes. Good mac and Are you cheese. a baked mac and cheese guy? Yeah, I'm a baked mac and cheese kind of guy. You heard it here first. We're um, a baked mac and cheese pot. We're baked. Okay. George, I don't know how you managed to pull it off. Four weddings in one day. Four weddings. I guess you're everyone's best man now. I am? Hip, hip, hooray! He's George. He's George. The best man, George. I'm honored to be doing what a best man ought. He's basking in the glory of a fight well fought. Wedding bells will ring, wedding bells will chime, wedding bells will celebrate a happy wedding time! Happy wedding time!
sorry to crash the party, folks, but we'll have this fixed in two shakes. Then it's off to Rio for carnival. So everybody's getting married. I don't know what's going on here. If I'm being honest with you, I'm kind of lost. Then there's four weddings. Yeah, and one day. This whole time, just weddings were happening. Weddings are happening, and and we're lost. Um, So, you know, I I am clueless, if I'm being honest with you. We're in uncharted territory here. But that's kind of the only territory that we ever trod in. Yeah, for sure. So, is this the last song? No. We have um, two more songs. So, everybody's going to Rio, which is where people Rio. go with their with their fleeing yeah, the law. Got to go to Rio. Got to go to Rio. <laughs> so yeah, they're just fleeing the law now, and we're 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 on board this airplane where everybody's going to get married. Did you say we're fleeing the law? I think so. <laughs> or they're fleeing the mob. <laughs> I dude, this is. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. That's incredible. So yeah, everybody's going to get married in Rio of all places. And then from there, we will go to live happily ever after. I'm guessing these are like, so you've got Adolfo and the drowsy concierge. You've got um, Robert and the French girl. You've got uh, Vandergriff and whoever she's with. And then you've got the old lady and whoever she's with. And those are the four weddings. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, let's... I could and should be wrong. A bride and groom in a chapel may bring a tear to the eye. But what a thrill when lovebirds trill. I do, I do in the sky. When vows are said in a meadow, I feel like I'm lost. Okay. I know I said that, but I just feel like I'm really lost. Okay. And I don't know what's going on. Well, you have one song to figure it out, Daniel. Yeah. So let's let's hear that one song, I guess, and figure it out. Okay. Very cool. So, that was the Drowsy Chaperone. Oh, I love it so much. I, I know it's not a perfect show. The spit take scene is lame and the... The monkey motif is labored, but it does what a musical is supposed to do. It takes you to another world. And it it gives you a little tune to carry with you in your head for for when you're feeling blue. You know? As we stumble along on life's funny journey. As we stumble along Into the blue We look here And we look there Seeking answers Anywhere Never sure Of where to turn Or what 
to do. I'm an accident waiting to happen. Ooh, a medley. Our way. I don't want to sing tunes through life's crazy labyrinth. Wedding bells will ring. Wedding bells will chime. Talino's barely knowing left from right, nor right from wrong. that up really nicely yeah that was really nice um the beginning was very sweet and very like tender because he's just no music just singing his favorite song from his favorite show yeah which i mean that really is a deeper lesson on like what makes musicals so amazing and really captures that really really well but before we really get into that let's get into what you think this show is about start to finish start to finish um let's see how way on or off broadway you are gonna be pretty off so this show starts it's through the eyes of a narrator Uh, we're gonna call him gary and he is telling the story of his favorite um musical and I think with this musical, there's a crazy like backstage aspect to it where like all of this stuff was going on in the background of it or not, or so let me back up. So this musical is about a musical. This is a musical about a musical and the people that play the characters are in the musical. It's like inception. So we learn about the characters and then we learn about who they're playing in this musical and when I say musical, I mean the musical that he's talking about, which is the Drowsy Chaperone. And so in the Drowsy Chaperone, everybody has their character, and then they have their real-life persona, and the main story is going to be driven by the real-life persona, maybe, or not. I don't know. But in the <laughs> end, there's a there's a wedding. It doesn't happen because Robert cheated with a French girl who looked just like Janet, but was also was just French. And then everybody flees to Rio, they get on a plane, and then they all get married and live happily ever after. And then the the ending is where this guy is just kind of reflecting. He's like, this musical, it's kind of kind of goofy. It kind of has maybe like bad lyrics, but like the songs, they stay with you and they, they bring warmth. And he's like, I'm just an anxious little dude, and this really helps me. So that is the drowsy, I would say this is called the drowsy chaperone. Is that right? Play that cheering cue right oh. now. I've never heard of the Drowsy Chaperone before this, but but that just it kind of makes sense. It's kind of on the nose with it a little bit. That's um very very close. I'm amazed you got the name. 
Um, but incredible. I, I'm here for this. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get into a little more detail about the plot. But you were not that way off Broadway. Yeah. You, were, you were like watching from the wings. Yeah. Um. So Act One. Um. So the this Broadway fanatic, this Broadway fan, his character name is Man in Chair. Um. He's trying to fix his non-specific sadness. Yep. Um, by listening to a fictional musical from 1928, the, the Drowsy Chaperone, which also is the name of the show. Yeah. Um, as he listens to this rare recording, the characters uh, appear in his apartment, and it's transformed into a Broadway set with uh, seashell footlights because that was was in his apartment. Uh, f- furniture that lights up, painted yeah. backdrops. Um, and the man in the chair is, um, he, he provides a commentary throughout the, so his the whole show. His name is the man in the chair? Yeah, man in the chair. Okay. And he kind of gives a commentary throughout the show. Mm. Um, the actors cannot see him, but it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like that family guy thing that like, which characters hear Stewie, which characters don't. It's kind of like that concept. Yeah. So the first number of the show is called Fancy Dress. Um, and it's, we're just introducing the characters. It's, uh, the day of the of the wedding of there's an oil tycoon. His name is Robert and Robert. the Broadway star, Janet, Janet who plan and she get, plans to give up her, her career for married life. Cause it is the twenties. Those in attendance in, include, um, an aging hostess, Mrs. Tottendale, her loyal employee known yeah. as underling, um, Robert's best man, George, Broadway producer, Field Zig, who is hoping to get Janet to not get married, to con- uh, to continue starring in his show. Um, there is a flapper, her name is Kitty, who hopes to take J- Janet's place in the show. Uh-huh. Um, there are two uh, gangsters disguised as pastry chefs, self-proclaimed fame Italian lover, Aldolfo, and um, Janet's alcoholic chaperone, who is supposed to keep her away from Robert until the day of the wedding. And tricks and aviatrix. So the gangsters reveal uh, to Feldzig that their boss has invested in in his show and wants to make sure that it's a financial success, which yep. is presumably would not be without Janet. Yeah. They, they tell him that he must sabotage the wedding, make sure Janet stays in show business, a real like mobster threat. Yeah. Um, Feldig enlists the vain, easy, manipulative Adolfo to seduce Janet and spoil her relationship with Robert. Meanwhile, in his room, Robert realizes that he's nervous about the wedding and um, to get rid of his cold feet, he, he dances. And George, who is also nervous, joins the dance. George, um, he, he brings up that tap dancing, you, you can get injured tap dancing. So he suggests that Robert goes, goes roller skating instead uh, while wearing a blindfold to keep sure he doesn't see Janet. Outside by the pool, Janet tells reporters that she's happy to be married and, 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 and she's okay with not being an actress anymore. But her song evolves into a much bigger song, as we heard. Um, in Janet's room, Janet is having doubts about whether Robert really loves her or not. And she asks the chaperone for advice. The chaperone responds um, with the song as we stumble along, which is um, what's funny is it's noted as a rousing anthem to alcoholism. What? Is how it is noted. I did That's- not hear it that way. <laughs> uh, but the, the man in the chair does explain 
um, that the original actress playing the chaperone uh, insisted on it being included in the show. So then that's that show within a show within a show thing where the actress inspired something within the show, Uh even though the actress itself is within the show. It's it's explaining Inception. Um, The chaperone tells Janet that she is feeling drowsy and must take a nap. Given the opportunity... Uh, the opportunity, Janet goes to ask Robert if he really loves her. Janet leaves for the garden. Adolfo enters, mistaking the chaperone for Janet. The chaperone ha- uh, happ- happily pretends to be Janet and allows Adolfo to, quote, seduce her. Janet meets the blindfolded roller skating Robert in the garden, and she pretends to be a Frenchwoman, Mimi. From the middle of France and, and where they make toast. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's a bit. Uh, she asked Robert how he met his bride, and he describes their love-struck first meeting, um, which is accident waiting to happen. Carried away by his emotion, Robert kisses Mimi because she seems just like Janet. Janet frustratedly storms off because Robert has kissed a French girl. But again, the French girl was, in fact, Janet. Um... So Kitty, who's hoping to take Janet's place in the show, tries to demonstrate her mind-reading talents to the producer. He is not impressed. The gangsters confront him, threatening him with a murderous Toledo surprise because he has not yet succeeded in canceling the wedding. Uh, He distracts him by including that they they actually have singing and dancing talent, and they turn Toledo's surprise into an upbeat dance number. Aldafo with with the chaperone on his arm, announces that he has seduced the bride, and the wedding is therefore canceled. But he angrily tells them that he has seduced the wrong woman. Janet announces that she has canceled the wedding, and Robert is re- really upset about it because uh, this Mimi fella, feller, fell gal, um, <laughs> reminded him of Janet. Um, Man in the Chair announces that this is the end of the first act, and the, and the first record of the two albums set. Uh, so the so act two starts. Man in chair puts on another record, saying the audience can listen to the opening of the second act of the Drowsy Chaperone and leaves for the restroom. A scene set in Oriental Palace appears on stage with with characters in stereotypical Oriental costumes and the chaperone costume as an Englishman in a hoop skirted dress. Man in chair Hurley stops the record, explaining to the audience that that was the wrong record. It was the musical The Enchanted Nightingale, not the second act of The Drowsy Chaperone. He finds the right record, and The Drowsy Chaperone continues. So the second act opens with the wrong show, (laughs) because he put on the wrong show. That's hilarious. Um, In a musical dream sequence, Janet um, talks about her lost romance and decides uh, to return to the stage, um, which was the Monkey on the Pedestal song. Uh, Mrs. Tondio tells Underling that the wedding will uh, proceed as planned because love is always lovely in the end. Love is always lovely, yep. She reveals to the Underling that she's in love with him. The chaperone announces that there will be a wedding after all. She and Aldolfo are getting married, which Aldolfo is not into. Uh, Mrs. Tondio announces that she and Underling are getting married as well. Robert tells Janet that he loves her, and Man in Chair announces that one of his favorite parts is coming up. The chaperone gives Janet advice on what to do as Adolfo drops his cane, and the chaperone says, I've while you can, leaving out the middle syllable of, oh, I, I love while you can, but she didn't say love. She did leave because she left out the O. 
Uh, Manager has emotional monologue where he expresses his wonderment about the phrase, asking if it says live while you can or leave while you can. Uh He shares a brief backstory about his unsuccessful marriage and about how you should never leave, only live. The scene transforms back to Janet, where she admits that she was really the French girl and agrees to marry him. To appease the gangsters, uh, the producer tells them that he has discovered a new star, Kitty. He asks her to demonstrate her mind-reading ability, and when she reads his mind, she announces he is asking her to marry him. Oh, my. George now is the best man of all four weddings, realizing that he has failed at his most important task, finding a minister. Trix lands her plane in the garden, announcing she's about to depart for Rio. Because a captain on board a ship can perform marriages, everyone rationalizes that Trix, as a pilot, can perform marriages on board a plane, and she can fly them all to Rio for their honeymoons. Oh, wow. As the record is about to play the show's final chord, the power goes out in Man and Chair's apartment, and a superintendent arrives to check the circuit breakers. The power returns, the final chord plays, and the show is over, alone again. Man and Chair sadly expresses his deep love for a musical that he has never actually seen. Ooh. So I do want to bring up the show within the show within the show within the show. He actually doesn't know what happened. Mm-hmm. He only knows the music. That's wild. Which so is the most meta thing yeah. for us to cover. Of course. Um, he begins to sing as we stumble along, and the cast members, for the first time, acknowledge his presence, join in, and cheer him on. And it is worth noting that there's actually no in- intermission in the show. Really? The, the man announces that he doesn't like them, so he continues <laughs> speaking. That's great. So that was, in fact, the Drowsy Chaperone. Okay, so when did this come out? 2006. Okay, so it's kind of new. It's new-ish, um, which is why it made me happy. They're like, oh, another Golden Age yeah. musical. Because that is very much, they wrote it to sound like a Golden Age yeah. musical. Which is like, that's very cool that like that was your automatic takeaway. Yep. Which means they did their job well. They did the, This is the well. same person who did prom. Oh, wow, yeah. It was fun. Um, at least I, I, I believe I was told that. Uh, um, it has a little bit of like a, uh, like a producer's vibe. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun, and there's kind of there's actual takeaways here. Okay. Um, what was the takeaway for you? Uh, be yourself. Like, don't let like the demands of of life and society tell you what you need to do or what you need to be. Just be what makes you happy. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I love the the song um, as we stumble along because that yeah. that really is life life's journey thing. Is we're just kind of stumbling our way through it, and the just like like that um, the the line he had in there is like "Don't leave, live." Yep. Um, is that idea that like you just got to keep on going? Like uh-huh. you, you can't you can't stop. You just find a way to, to keep on going, and that's great. And that really, I think, is the biggest takeaway of The Drowsy Chaperone, which yeah. was a fun show. Like, I, I thought it, it was one that's been on my list for, for a little bit because it, it was one that was requested by someone who enjoys the older musical, but uh, thought it w- would be a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you, um, whoever requested that. Thanks, Mr. Allen. Oh, hey, Mr. Allen. Um, But this was a lot of fun. Um, What was your, like... um. I don't want to use the word takeaway because that's when we what talk about takeaway. But yeah, like what what are your closing thoughts on this show? I I think it was fun. I think it, it did. It was very confusing. I would like to, I would love to see this one live because I feel like 
hear that, guys? He's a real musical boy now. Yeah, I just I he feel wants like to see so much theater. I feel like you told me everything, but I still like it's it's hard to to put it all together without seeing it on the stage. So, one that I definitely think would be super beneficial. The songs were fun, and I'm really glad we covered it. Awesome, awesome. So, when are we back? We'll be back in two weeks. I'm gonna give some shout outs to people that have given us kind words. Shout out to Kimberly. Shout out to Nell. Shout out to Rosie. Shout out to Caitlin. Shout out to Paul, our boy Paul. Shout out to uh, Jasmine and her son, uh, Jackson. Shout out y'all too. Shout out Allison, Claudia, Kimberly, Courtney, Ewan, Jordan. Shout out Joel. Shout out Tori. Shout out everybody who's reached out to us ever. And um, shout out Aislinn. Um Shout out to all of you guys for listening. Thank, shout out to Shelby. Shelby's OG. Skylar, Natalie. Shout out to all y'alls. For so, so um, especially um, a shout out for, so you mentioned Rosie. Yeah. Rosie did Man in Chair probably two months ago right here in the Triangle. Oh, wow. Shout out Rosie. Yep. Um, which is super, super great. Um. Thank you, everyone who listened. If you ever want something said on the show or read on the show, just shoot us a message. Leave yeah. a leave a cool review. Um, if, if you love it, tell your friends about it. Um, I mean, we we like even though this is like third season doing this, um, we very much this still feels like a new podcast that grows yeah. and develops every week. Um, so if you have thought, if there's shows you want to see happen, um, you can message me. You can message Daniel. You can message us both. Yeah. Um, but if you want to keep that uh, name of the show secret, then um, message me. Yeah. And then we'll we'll try to work it in, into the schedule. But also, I get left out. So message me as well. That yeah. Pants Daniel. If you want to message me, it's at Holy Toledo Drive. Yep. And do yourself a favor this week. Um, listen to some Jimmy Buffett. He's not just a chain of restaurants. He's not just Margaritaville. This man is a poet. Uh, a drunken pirate poet and he's going to be missed so we're going to leave on my favorite jimmy buffett song of all time do you know what that is um it's 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 the you said it it's boat drinks boat drinks yes Uh, off the album volcano so jimmy play us out Boys in the